Hello, everybody. Hi. How are I'm, we doing? Sorry. I'm pretty sick. Um, if you hear me coughing, I will try not to. Also, again, we do have cats. They might mess with stuff. We True. apologize. We'll try and break them up if, if anything super crazy goes down, but hopefully they just relax. Um, Today's topic. Well. Topics. Yeah, topics. We started talking before the show, and then we realized we were getting into some good topics. And I was like, why don't we just talk about it on the show? True. And so, that's, that's the best way for these shows to go, I think, is just natural conversation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we started talking about what's in our head. Obviously, this is what's haunting your head. Welcome to the episode two. Um, we started talking about what's haunting my head and what, what's really bugging me today. I don't really want to talk about, uh, for potential future legal reasons, <laughs> just covering my butt. But I was also thinking about the fact that designer brands like Chanel and Gucci, just the big names have a lot of really interesting history from World War II with being Nazi sympathizers. Dark history. Maybe not interesting. Maybe that's the wrong Well, word. it is interesting. It's interesting in the fact that they continue to not really talk about it. It's dark. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But that doesn't change the history is interesting. Sure. Anyway. Um, and then we got on to some various topics, but let's try to f- start from the beginning, maybe? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's me now, huh? It sure it is. It sure is. Okay. So a lot of high-end fashion design brands that are still around today and still very popular status symbols have some level of involvement in the not good side of World War II. Not in necessarily that they were like, I don't know, funding it or anything, but they were doing a lot of support. Like you had Gucci in Italy was making leather shoes for the Mussolini soldiers, which I didn't know until today. And that's not good. Um, And then you had like, Hugo Boss. It's really well known and well documented, actually, that Hugo Boss was a big old Nazi. Um, He joined the Nazi party in, like, 1932. Um, And he designed all the SS uniforms, not once, not twice, but four times. So he knew what he was doing. He also had, like, 140 um, unwilling employees, right? I don't know exactly what they were called, but, like, slave employees and 40 more of his employees were french prisoners of war so you know not great you can still oh you could buy his nba collaboration that's going on right now 13 teams but we don't talk about the fact that the founder was a big old nazi because you know it's different now Mm. um we are routing some cats out of where they shouldn't be. We're right good. I'm back. Okie doke. And she's back. I'm back. 
But yeah, it's just really fascinating to me that money, I mean, the root of this problem is that money and status can buy whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we don't talk about Coco Chanel being a Nazi sympathizer, even though it's very well documented. Because she was Coco Chanel. She's the one who brought this beautiful brand into existence. And we look at it now and we're like, yeah, that's great. But like a lot of it was funded by and fueled by the wrong side of World War II. Mm. And it's really fascinating to see like the dystopia of status destroying like the history. Mm. Because a lot of these companies have either not really commented on it or been like, yeah, it happened, but no more explanation. They haven't really ever like put out a public statement or apology, anything. Not And another thing that I could find in like a cursory five minute Google search, but also, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I know it's not perfect for academia. I was using Wikipedia for a lot of this because it's a really good source of common um, open source knowledge. Mm. And a lot of it was, not all, all of it, but most of it was backed with, like, here's links to articles, here's history, like, this is legit information. Um, yes. I've always said, always, uh, since I was in school, um, which wasn't so long ago, but Wikipedia is actually, like, a pretty good resource. Yeah, the only reason they don't allow it in academia is because anyone can edit it, which was true in the beginning of Wikipedia. Right. So in the beginning of Wikipedia, you know, they have the memes about like, oh, they changed Lindsay Lohan's name to Lindsay Lohan. I don't know. It's just like people adding dumb stuff to different Wikipedia pages. Right. Was a really big thing in like 2010 and 2011. Right. But, oh, sorry, ooh, but now when you have, when you want to edit a Wikipedia page, I'm pretty sure you have to submit credentials on why you're authorized to edit the page. It's just more of an open source platform so that people who can't afford the $360 textbook for the college course or can't afford college at all can just get some information on what they're looking at. Uh, I would also argue that as so long as you're not looking up like a current affair, you don't need to worry as much about somebody putting like a misleading or damaging misquoted thing in there. Because if it's not like a current thing, if it's if it's a weird this or that from history, they're not going to super worry about it. Yes. Well, specifically most of the weird meme stuff that was happening was happening on the biographies of weird um like politicians and, and like pseudo celebrities not even pseudo celebrities like the big celebrities things were getting edited because they're popular culture people who are still around they weren't editing james dean they weren't editing elvis presley like they were editing lindsay lohan and ted cruz i also remember um a long time ago I actually found a locked Wikipedia page. They can do that. They yeah. can just lock the page. And nobody can make edits. Um, they don't do it very often from what I understand. But like occasionally if they're like, hey, we really want this information to be accurate. We personally edit it so that it's as accurate as we can be. 
they'll lock it down and they'll make it so that you can't edit. Yeah, and the locked pages, the only way that you can edit it is you have to get approved by like experts in the field from what I understand. So you have to have some level of credential or proof of expertise or like a very well proven verified documentation, then you can edit it. But I think you have to suggest the edit and then the people do it for you. Um, getting back to the topic. Money gets away from everything. Money gets you out of stuff. I was actually, I don't want to talk too much about this because I don't want to put myself in any legal hot water. But I was read. I was listening to a true crime case today about this like millionaire dude who took his ex-wife through like ten years of custody or agreement or custody battles back and forth, and then had her murdered. And he basically almost he almost got away with it because he was almost able to pay off enough people to make it not happen. But then he ended up serving two life sentences, so that worked out in the end. But. It was insane to me that this guy was just like, I would like to have someone killed. If you do it, I'll build you a $25 million golf course and give you 25% of the profits. And one of the people was like, you know, I might know a guy. Like, that's so terrifying. Like, I don't like to think about the fact that I probably know, I definitely know someone I can buy drugs from. And I probably know someone who knows someone who would be willing to kill someone. Like, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... And I'm not rich enough to get away with it. There are definitely extremely shitty people out there. Yeah. And I mean, look at... Um, sorry, not that this guy's super shitty. I just think it's an interesting take. And I don't know much about him, but the Snowden guy, who was like a WikiLeaks dude, Edward and then Snowden, and then yeah. he like fled to, a, I think, Russia, because mm-hmm. they won't extradite him. Mm-hmm. But I think he was like super rich off some of the stuff he sold. Um, I can't speak on that. I don't know, but I think it, but, that, that's yeah, a very I mean, fascinating thing. There's, there's American secrets that people would love to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, Including the American people. True. The SeaWiz turrets, the anti-air, anti-missile turrets that are on ships, naval ships. Um, oh, they've been trying to get the information on those for years. But it's so locked down that they like, can't get it. Oh, absolutely. That's insane. And they can't, like, reverse engineer it? Oh, no. It's an entirely enclosed system. That's wow. The only part of the gun that you can see is the actual, like, turret, like, like the barrel itself. Oh, so if you destroy the thing, you destroy everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, it's it's just a dome and then a barrel. That's so scary. Um, Warfare scares me. So the only th- information that the enemies of the United States have is probably, like, a close approximation of the exact length of... The, the barrel, barrel and the size web. of the dome. They don't know how many rounds per minute it shoots. That's wild. The American people don't know yeah. how many rounds. You can't Google that. <laughs> if you could, they would know. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, that's really wild to me is that kind of information that the government has. I'm okay with the government having that. We don't need our enemies knowing that. And we don't really need us knowing that. It's not important to, like, my daily civilian life. Um, where was I going? Maybe... Oh, the fact that the dark web hasn't gotten a hold of it is wild to me. Like, the fact that they have divisions of the government that are dedicated to, like, counter-hacking hackers and keeping people out of our secrets is wild. Like, they'll, Yeah, like, and uh, the, it's... 
sorry um i correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't the government sometimes like contract with expert hackers that they catch to like help them back hack i've never heard of it generally if something like that was gonna happen in hollywood at least yeah it would be like you can go to jail forever and your name will never be remembered and your children will never see you again or like stay in your home for five years and also use your computer to like do stuff for us sometimes don't worry about it but like i said i've never had like actually interacted with even like an it person in the military also i was in the marine corps and the marine corps has an extremely lax cyber division we we pretty much shoot everything off to the uh the navy for Mm. most of that um that makes sense sorry if you can hear my eyes and now i've mentioned it so i'll go into a little bit i served three and a half years in the united states marine corps um and i reached the rank of corporal or e4 um in the enlisted side and yeah it was fun calling you corporal while i could yeah yeah wasn't really for you I know, but I can still benefit from it. It's not about sex, okay, you guys? It's not about sex. It's about power. (laughs) Power! Oh my god. I love you. Um, Are you good on that? Or did you have more to say? Oh, I was going to say that in Hollywood, they took her and they made her the IT person of the BAU. Which it was show? in Criminal Minds. There you go. Criminal Minds. That That's the show that got me into true crime. Anyway. She was weird before and she was weird after. Me? No. Oh. The chick from the show. Yeah, she's great. I loved her. Abby is a way better character than her. No. They're not competing. They're different characters. No. Abby's always better. I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> Anywho. I'm not. I love him. Um, I had a thing Yes. for the first thing that we were talking about. Money can't buy you out of things. And I lost it. Oh no. Um. Do you need me to stall? <laughs> I, I, I think so. Okay. I'm, I'm, well, let's like rehash that. Good luck. <laughs> so you had these... Um, the Nazi sympathizing fashion Nazi sympathizing fashion brands and the fact that they get brushed under the rug because of symbolism and like status quo like status symbols like Chanel and Gucci are status symbols so people don't care what's associated with them right Louis Vuitton sues the weirdest people over the weirdest stuff because they can ah this is so shitty. What's yeah, that? I totally lost it. Oh, no. Um, I guess I'll just move on to what I was going to talk about. Okay, what were you going to talk about? Um, Like social vampirism. Oh, we mentioned that we were going to talk about that. Yes. Continue. Yeah, so... Like, the social vampires is a concept mm-hmm. that I first heard about from Duncan Trussell on Duncan Trussell's Family Hour. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Check him out. Wherever podcast can be found. Actually, not really. You should just go to his website, um, Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Please go ahead. Also, thank you to Gruesome, a true crime podcast. They're the ones who got us started on this. Boom. True. Yes. 
Um, vampirism, social vampirism. Yeah, social vampirism. Um, you've got these people out there inside of your life, and they will just like suck the joy out of any situation. They're like these parasites, you know, and I think we probably all know one. And uh, I'm here to tell you, it's okay to cut that person out of your life. You know, we all have to kind of cut the fat a little bit. And if that person's dragging you down, they're not making you happy and their drama is becoming your drama and it's taking away from you living your life and being the person that you'd like to see yourself become. The only acceptable answer in that situation is just to, to call the herd, you know? Get that person out of your life. It can be hard, though. It can be. It can be super hard, and sometimes it's unexpected. Um, like your... I've cut off a couple people. Yeah. Um... That's what's been haunting my mind today, actually. Your oh. friend, whose name starts with a C. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. That was it's, a sad ending. It was a sad ending. I will say you it was you were probably the least torn up over that one out of the friends that you've lost recently. Yeah, it's because she and I got so distanced. Like, she moved and there was distance between us and it became so hard for me to, like, get the energy to hang out with her when she was so far away. Mm. But I wanted to see her more. I actively wanted to see her more. I was trying to talk to her more. But I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like out of sight, out of mind. I'm very like have to be close to the person physically. Remind me to get back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed her because we were apart from each other. I need to make a quick tangent. I have to explain that part of my mental disorder is I have pretty severe, um, it's not disassociation. I don't remember what it is, but basically I have a really hard time grasping the concept through my eyes that I am living my own life. But logically I know that's stupid. So like everything feels like I'm watching a movie unless I'm making some physical contact with it. It just feels flat. Most people, like, view in a 3D and they get that, like, the person's there. And I get that. Like, I told you're here and I understand that. But it makes having long-distance friendships really hard. Because it's hard for me to grasp the reality and the closeness of a person five feet from me. So it's even harder to do it with people who are 40 miles away. And, okay, so back to her. I felt really guilty about it. Because it is my fault. Like, you know, she, she would reach out to me a lot more than I'd reach out to her. And I became the shitty friend and she did the right thing by wanting to cut me out. And I think the reason I wasn't so broken up about it is because I understood because she was in the position that I was in before. And I'd become a friend that had kind of become a social vampire and she cut me out for it. And I don't blame her. Our friendship became unhealthy and very one-sided and that's my fault and I acknowledge that but I can't obsess over it. What's done is done and if she ever decides like hey maybe I want to reach out again I'm here and I would be I'm totally okay with that but I'm not gonna step into her space when she's made it very clear she does not want me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember just, you know, having these fictitious uh, conversations in my head where, like, I would imagine she reaches out to me and she mm. asks me how you're doing yeah. and then we get to talking and then, like, you know, asking what happened and where everything went wrong. And uh, the thing that I keep on coming back to is it just feels like the whole thing ended on, like, a miscommunication. It did. Like, you were trying to say one thing. She was only capable of perceiving one thing because of, like, an innate, almost, um, 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 argumental fallacy where you just want to hear a certain thing so you keep on consuming media on it. The echo chamber. Yeah, there's another word for it. Anywho, it almost felt like she could only hear, like, one message, and that was the message that you didn't want to be her friend anymore, which was not true, I don't think. Well, the thing was, was I I acknowledged that our friendship was waning, but I'm also at a a different point in my life than she is, and I'm not saying that to discount her. She's what, like five years younger than you? Not even close. Um, she's way closer to me in age. I don't oh. want to disclose her information. Sure. But um, our friendship was waning and we're just at very different points. And that doesn't mean that her experiences are less than mine or she doesn't understand where I'm coming from. I just think that our experience, our lived experiences are so different that it's going to be hard for either of us to fully communicate correctly with each other. And the part where I messed up was I knew that we'd had some, she and I had had some miscommunication errors in the past when both of us had addressed it in an emotional manner. So I tried my best as I've been doing and practicing with you to focus on the moment, take a step back, explain what my side of the problem is in a much more logical to the point manner than one that's full of emotion and full of anger because I feel like she reached out to me in a moment of hurt and I didn't respond with sympathy or anger I responded with like a here's the facts and because I didn't respond emotionally she jumped to she doesn't care Mm -hmm. so why should I care Mm -hmm. and I think that sorry my voice just cracked I think that just comes from us having very different communication styles and unfortunately there is a point where communication style can become uh, non-compatible depending on like your emotional closeness to the person. It depends on how much effort you want to put in and how much time you want to put in. And obviously I didn't want to put in as much time as she did, which sucks. But I also think that having a full-time job in a much different style and way than she does um, showed me a lot really quickly that like, adult friendships ebb and flow you're not always talking to each other or not talking at all you communicate when the time is right and maybe you reach out and that person's busy today but you they reach out in a couple days and you guys can chat for 20 30 minutes but when you only have like 28 hours to spend with someone that's not at work you pick and choose your time wisely And the fact of the matter is, you live with me. You're my best friend. She lives an hour and a half from our new apartment. Mm -hmm. 
And I just can't justify getting off work at 6.30 on a Saturday and driving till, you know, 8 o'clock to go to a bar. I'm so tired by the end of my eight, like my eight-hour day. The last thing I want to do is drive really far because I don't like driving at all. Right. I was I loved driving before our car accident. I hate it now. So I try to spend the least amount of time in a car as I can, especially mm. my car because the sound system is so terrible. But yeah, it was a really interesting self self reflection moment to recognize that like, oh my god, I am the problem here. Um, and I did say some things at the end because I tried to handle it very deep, like very to the point and adult and calm. And there was a point where I said something in my response that she didn't like. She was like, whatever, I'm not going to respond. And she blocked me and then she unblocked me to send me a whole other thing of insults and then blocked me again. And I was like, I understand your emotional backlash and your frustration, but this is unnecessary. Mm. Like we got to a point that was a very natural dissolution of the conversation. And like 35 minutes later, she came back and just dumped this thing on me and then blocked me. And I was like, you know, that was just rude. I can excuse frustration and emotion in an argument, but once the conversation is done, Especially one that was so clean cut to the end. Like not a, you didn't do the dishes for the third time and now I'm mad and it's going to happen again and come back again. It was a very clean cut. We are done with this conversation. And to come back again just to hurl insults just felt really immature and very frustrating. Anyway, the last thing I did was mail her a (laughs) t-shirt. Haven't talked to her since. Um... I cannot relate. And the reason that I cannot relate is I don't require companionship. Yeah. I am one of probably extremely few people. I I would say probably less than 10% of the population is capable of living a lifestyle that I am capable of. But I don't get cabin fever. You don't get lonely either. I don't get lonely. I can spend probably three, three and a half weeks straight inside of a single room, inside of a single house, and not leave that room at all. And I'll be fine. I get cabin fever if I go more than three days. Yeah, it just doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. Um, uh, for four years, I had about three friends at any given time, and they would switch off. I would have a friend, and then that friendship would dissolve, and then I would go to somebody else. Naturally, I didn't seek them out. I didn't force my friendship on anyone. Um, it would just happen where I had three, and then I was down to two for... Four years. Oh, no, I guess that's way off. Um, let's see. I guess it was two years where I had two friends. And then for the past year, year and a half, I have had a a friend. Two. Who's the other one? Will. 
Mm. She's a friend. You spend time with her voluntarily. Yeah, I mean, she's a good person. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't choose to hang out with Sheldon. Like, I'm not going to call him and be like, hey, be my friend. Mm. Go out to a bar with me. But he's my friend. Yeah, that's not how that works in my head. Okay. That's just, that's very interesting to me. That's a difference in, I don't know, I don't even know, it's communication. A it's a difference in um, categorizing in your head. Yeah. She's a good acquaintance. See, I think of her as a very good friend. And I think of Sheldon as a good friend. Hmm. I think of, like, your uncles as acquaintances. Interesting. Yeah. And you're my best friend. Wow. Because you're, you're also, forced to be. You're also my best friend. Because I, I like you. And we live together. Well, that means nothing. Rude. As far as friendship goes, I lived with my grandma for years. There were days where I could have killed her <laughs> in Minecraft, of course. We love her. She's amazing. I would never actually hurt her, but I, I've you left the house and I have slammed the door on her and yelled and screamed and had big fighting matches with her. And she does not stand down in those situations. No, she doesn't. Uh, in spite of being... Like five foot two. And like 75. Yeah, she's 75 years old. Um, she will chase you through a door after you close it on her just to get the last word, um, and say her last piece. And then she will be huffy for several days afterward. Yeah, she doesn't do too, well, at least in the time that I was living there with you guys. I think it's because I was living there. But she now, I think because she's not as spry as she used to be. She just gets huffy. Starts sighing. Yeah. And then when you talk to her about it. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to get more air. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) This is exactly what she does. Yeah. Yeah. She's a character. She's great. We should have her on sometime. We should. She would absolutely refuse. I know. But. It'd be interesting. We could dream. Secretly taper. Um, That would go poorly. (laughs) No, I like her a lot. She's great. She's a good woman. Mm-hmm. Dealt with a lot in her life. That she has. I should get some of her stories and then we can talk about them on her. Anywho, we're getting super off track. Um, you haven't had social vampirism because you haven't had friends. Um, I have. Oh. Because I believe I'm adding this onto social vampirism. This is not a concept that like I heard about from somebody else. This is my thing that I'm adding on. I believe that a social vampire does not have to know you well. Yeah. I believe that there are social vampires everywhere. They can be complete strangers, acquaintances, friends, and family. And you have the right to cut them out at any time. All right. I'm giving you the right to cut them out. Unless you're forced to interact with them. There's a... Go ahead. Um, sorry. I was going to say, yes, they're at every level. But the closer proximity to you, the more it hurts me to cut them out. Continue. To some people. Again, remember, my emotional ties to human beings are extremely shallow. My best friend, who we were just talking about, my best friend who's not you. Mm-hmm. Because you were also a best friend. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I went a year and a half at one point without saying a single word to him. 
at all. Didn't you guys just start talking again when we got together? Yes. We had just started talking again. I didn't know he moved. Yeah. And he came over for that first time to hang, to meet me, I think was the first time you two had hung out in like years. Yeah. And he had his, his friend over. That was interesting. <sighs> wacky. Wacky and wild. Um, when I was wacky and wild? Hmm. That was almost two years ago. Yeah. I was still like a super shitty human being. And in the Marine Corps. And in the Marine Corps. Which, I was still in college. Believe it or not, those are pretty... It's a lot of intersection there. Um, Shocking. <laughs> yeah, I went like a year and a half without speaking to that dude. And then we picked up right where we left off. I mean, it was incredible. That's how I am with James. Jaime? Jaime. Our lovely, lovely Jaime. He'd be great to interview, too. Um, I think he'd actually do that, too. Yeah, he would. He's been my friend since kindergarten. Okay? We were friends like close friends kindergarten through like third grade and then we hung out a little bit in fourth and fifth grade we went to middle school i barely talked to that guy for like three years we go to high school i don't even know if we went to the same high school freshman year i think we did yeah because he was I, he we did i haven't had a class with him ever um i went to a different high school i did not talk to him consistently until a year ago that's like almost a decade that I did not talk to this guy. And now anytime I text him and I'm like, hey, you want to come over? He just comes and chills in our apartment. Picks a spot, guy. hangs out. He sits in his chair and just vibes. Um. Oh, that's another thing. This guy, who's my best friend, who there is all of one of. Aside from me. Aside from her. I don't count. <laughs> not in this context. No. You're my best female friend who is also, I'm dating. They're different. They're different. I'm your best friend who's also your best future wife. Goddamn right. Don't you forget it. Uh, I just met him in sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Because of proximity. Like, you guys had a, had yeah. a mutual friend, right? Several. And, yeah, yeah that, that was that was it. That was the whole thing. Um, also, he got here sophomore year. I didn't actually hang out with him, spend any time with him, do anything with him. Until junior year. That's only a year, but yes. Yeah, that's, that's still a significant That is to time. say that, like, I've only really known him for, like, five years. Yeah. Extremely close. Yeah. And if that friendship was dissolved tomorrow, a tear would be shed. And then I'd be over it. He is also your best friend who you're going to marry, so I picked the wrong thing to say. It so happens. You know, um, polyamory. See, if, like, I were to... I, I still think about that first friendship that dissolved. It still makes me sad. And it's been, like, a year. She was way worse for you than the yeah, other Yeah, she was so toxic. And I was friends with her for, like, a, like 13 years. All and, drama. And I just was like, I'm done. All drama, all the time. Actually, no, she told me. Well, I said I was done. It doesn't matter. It she was a lot of drama. We got through it. It also ended. I was sad about it. I'm still sad about it. <clears throat> Bummer deal. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I want to have someone that I can just like call up whenever and be like, hey, you want to go for a walk on the beach? You want to like go to Balboa Park? You want to go to the zoo? And they're always like, yes, I'm so down. That's not you. <laughs> because I spend a lot of time with you, but sometimes I want to go do things with someone else. 
And I think I've found that person now. And I'm very excited about it. L? K. Hmm. Interesting. L would also be great. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. I'd be happy either way, but K more so. Um... Are we going to have to give all our friends code names? All my friends code names? I just call them by the first letter. Okay. And if there's more than one first letter, first letter, the first and last name. Oh, yeah, I don't have any of those. I don't have enough friends for that. True. Which is really... I think it's hard. Unless their name is like John. Or yeah. like or like something Smith. Just call him Smith. Sam. Eh, Good luck either way. Pretty much. Um. Which I think also... For starters, my brain said Samathan, and I hated it. <laughs> I could not remember that it was short for Samuel. My brain went Samathan. <laughs> oh my god. Someone named Sam, please tell everyone your name is Samathan. Especially if you're a girl. Do that. Um, no, I was going to say it's really hard for me now because I had a ton of friends in school. And then a lot of my, like, college years where you're supposed to make your adult friends were either really shitty or robbed from me. So, like, because I never... Of, because of COVID. COVID and my first year of, like, art school was just a shit show. I don't... I'm genuinely so sad that that happened to me. Um, so, it's kind of interesting to realize that this, like, avenue that you're supposed to make all your friends in... I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in some way we both have that because the Marine Corps is like camaraderie. It's where you meet all your guy friends. And you don't have anyone that you talk to from that. Not one person. Exactly. Because it wasn't a good experience. I think one guy hit me up several months, several months after I uh, got, out. got out. Yeah. And he was just kind of like. Didn't he not know you got out? No, he did. Okay. Um, but he was like, Hey man, how you doing? And I was like, meh. All right. And he's like, cool. You in San Diego? I was like, yeah. Oh, I just added us. I said it in the first episode. You're <laughs> and then, uh, and then he was city. all like, cool, man. We gotta, we gotta hang out sometime. And then when I never heard from him, to be fair, wasn't a huge fan of that dude. Um, just, kind of used a certain language a whole bunch that I couldn't really appreciate. Yeah. After I had, I had started my, my journey. Yeah. Um, understandable. A lot of N word. Yeah. A lot of R word. There's a lot of that in the Marine Corps. Sure is. Yep. Um, the saying those things. Yes. Saying those things. Happens a lot. Cannot stress that enough. Yeah. People who should not be saying those are saying are those. saying those. Yes. Um, thank you for, yes. for throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, <sighs> the Marine Corps, yeah, they, they, there's a lot of promises and a lot of them are empty and a lot of them don't get written down and a lot of them don't get, uh, realized if you're not a charismatic person, you're not, and even if you are, you're not like guaranteed a relationship with anyone around you. Yeah. And that's a concept that it took me a long time to come to terms with. I also had to come to terms with that, but in a different way, because I went to community college for two years 
and a lot of community college students are they're all commuter students so they're only there for you know three days a week for four classes at most type deal and they all leave right after class because they have to go to their job go home go take care of their kids whatever so it was very rare that i like connected with anyone long enough to speak to them afterwards which is part of why my friendship with Kay is so important. I've known her for a long time now. I say that, but it's only been like four years. Um, but I never really ha- had the the obsession of everyone owes me a relationship. Like I talk to this person in class, they have to talk to me back. They have to interact with me outside of school. I had to get to the point of not everyone's going to like you. That was really hard for me. Because I try to be a really nice, personable person. I, I try to be accommodating and genuinely nice to be around. But some people are going to find me really grating and really annoying. I talk too much. I know that. That's why we started a podcast. True. But <laughs> it's just a hard thing to look at yourself and go, oh, yeah, people aren't going to like me because of X, Y, Z. Or stuff that I don't even think is a bad thing about me. And that's okay. Yeah. No one is required to like you. And uh, to add on to that. <coughs> Sorry, like I said, I'm sick. <laughs> um, not everybody's going to like you. And that doesn't mean you don't have to like yourself. You know what I mean? You don't have to oh. internalize that stuff. You don't even have to ask them about it. In fact, I would go as far as to say that if somebody does not provide you facts and I feel statements, Mm -hmm. you're not required to think anything of your interactions with them at all. Yeah. If somebody rolls their eyes at you, turns around and walks away, like sometimes, you know, it hurts. Sometimes I just go, hey, maybe they're having a really bad day. Yeah, like maybe they would have done that to anyone who talked to them because they're one second away from quitting their job. Right. Like, you never know. Um, no, I I internalize a lot of that and focus on the interaction, but I don't internalize it in the way of like, oh my god, I'm this, or I'm not enough that. I just internalize it as, oh my god, I should have handled it this way. It's more about the interaction than it is like a deficit on my part. And I'll I'll take that uh, one step further. Dude. <clears throat> Please elaborate. Man, I am out of it. What did you just say? Um... I lost it again. Oh my god! Hold it keeps on. on happening. I need to like get a pen and pad or something and write it down. I was internalizing. internalizing. It's something about internalizing. Um, you don't have to internalize people's opinions to like better yourself in interactions. Yeah, and that's something that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, you back on your thought train. Yes, I am. Cool. So uh, I would like internalize, and I would say, "Oh man, they must hate me." Or, oh, they reacted that way. Oh my God, I can't believe they reacted that way. That relationship is ruined. Look, man, the negative self-thought, I I can't tell you just not to have it. But I can tell you, (sighs) 
that getting online a little bit and just figuring out some ways to quickly sw- flip that switch really helps. Um, go ahead. So something that I learned in therapy that can be helpful if you're trying to like figure out more about yourself, um, which can kind of work for what you're talking about to flip that switch is if you're sitting there like, God, I'm so annoying or, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Or why they must hate me. Like take a second to try and take a step back and go, okay, what in that interaction made me think that they hate me and just try to repeat what happened in your head. Cause a lot of the time when you see it a second time, you're like, Oh, I'm overthinking or, Oh, they're, they really are having a bad day. Like you can look at the way they were walking when they're walking towards you, like if they're head down and they're pissed, like they're going to have a bad interaction with you. And sometimes taking a step to replay it can make it easier on you. So two things, um, the piece of advice I got from a therapist uh, that helps me a lot, uh, just to give you some options is think about the worst, worst case scenario. And this is your opportunity to just be absolutely ridiculous inside of your own head. Catastrophize. Take it to the extremes. Oh, baby. The world world. is going to split in half down the middle. Because you told them. you are going to be stuck on the side with the thing that you don't want to be stuck on the side with. Just because you told that woman, thank you, you too, when she delivered your food. I did that once. I know you did. It was very funny. It was. Um... Then think about the best case scenario. A chorus of angels comes down and just gives you some sweet, sweet sloppy toppy. Maybe for you. Maybe for me. That's not an everybody thing. No. That's not probably even a most people thing. Yeah. You choose yours. And then think about what actually happened. What actually happened. Yeah. What actually happened or what, what is the most likely case scenario? So you're like, man, I really want to take a sick day today. Oh, I really want to take a sick day, mm-hmm. but I should probably work. Yeah. Worst, worst case scenario. Your boss uh, cuts off your big toe. And then uh, beats it with a hammer until it's perfectly flat. And then feeds it to you. Best case scenario. Your boss is like, you know what? You're an awesome guy. I can't believe you just stood up and asked for a, a day off. Um, here's a million dollars. No, that's not good enough. Here's $10 million. Um, have a fun life. And then he like, I don't know, shoots himself in the head. I'm... Only in Minecraft. In Minecraft. Um, I can dream in GTA 5. And then what's actually going to happen, he's either going to say, yeah, I mean, take the day off, you're obviously sick, or, ah, I really need you here, but why don't we work something out in the future? Or in my case, you don't have any PTO, so take a disciplinary infraction if you don't come in, even though you either have COVID or bronchitis. Good luck. Good luck. Anyway. Do that. The other thing. Is, uh, are you going to be thinking about it? What? On your deathbed. Oh. It has helped me through so many situations. Shitty person is being shitty to you. 
They're a total social vampire. They are trying to suck the love and joy out of your heart until you are a cold son of a bitch. Am I going to be thinking about this person on my deathbed? And I assure you that unless you are catastrophizing or you have some sort of mental health disorder that's preventing you from just moving on from a situation, the answer is going to be no. If I found out I had stage four cancer tomorrow and I was laid up in bed saying goodbye to my family, is that interaction, is that person, is that situation, is that thing going to be the last thing I think about? And I hope for your sake that you can say no confidently. And if you can't, that's probably a sign that you either need to cut that person out of your life or fix that situation ASAP Rocky style because yeah. it is eating you up. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't see me cry. Why is that? I thought about you dying. Maybe sad. It'd be like that sometimes. I'm really good at overthinking. But we are all going to be returned to Valhalla Sunday. And I can assure you of this, my darling love, I will not be dying s- s- sleeping. I will no, I will not die in my sleep. Are you sure about that? I'll I'll die standing, Ooh. having an aneurysm. Probably. Surrounded by the the bullet shells of my my rounds as I kill my enemies. In what context? I think I'm going to join the Ukrainian conflict. Do not. Oh my god. You say this like every week. No. Yeah, I hit up the embassy and everything. They were like, sick of bleed. And I was like, I don't speak Russian. And then I hung up. Well, good. Because you're going to Ukraine, so you called the wrong one. Um, also, if you do that, I'm not waiting. I'm just kidding. It's all a joke. Good. Until it's not. You've joked about it like six times now. Well, it means it's on my mind, and if that's you, what this podcast is all about. If you ship out, I'm divorcing you before we're married. Ugh, yuck. Gorge. Well, it's been 50 minutes. It has been 15 minutes. Do you want to keep going, or do you want to pause, Do you want to stop out for the night? Um, I think we're all good. Our last one was 45, so yeah, this is good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're right on par. I appreciate you guys. Um, closing statements? Thanks for listening to us ramble again. It's exciting that you're back. Awesome. Well, that's all I got. Also, we're on Spotify and Amazon. Isn't that neat? One more thing. What? Um, love yourself. Yes, do that. Uh, try to say self-affirmations. Um, maybe get some exercise. Uh, you know, go for a walk. Um, what's up? Um, if you have trouble with self-complimenting on your own, like regulating doing that, if you have a partner... Tell them that you were, like, trying to do more of that. Because he does this thing where he'll, like, lay on me and he won't move until I say something nice about myself. And it's really cute and I really enjoy it. Anyway. That's good. She's about to get some of that. (laughs) Some of that good, good. Good, good body weight. So, yeah. Take care of yourself. Also, you look wonderful right now. That's your work outfit? (laughs) Are you driving in your car right now to work? From work? They look great. They might be in their PJs eating some ice cream. That is also acceptable. There's no wrong answers here. You look great right now. You You can be fuck naked. You look great. You look great. You look great. It's Uh, been real. It's been good. It's been real good. We'll see you soon.
Bye-bye. Thank you.